Welcome to Decoding Business with BBB, your source for everything business. We help listeners learn what drives innovation, what challenges the small business operator, and what the backstory is behind success. Decoding Business is produced by Better Business Bureau, serving the heart of Texas. Here's your host, Jason Mesa. Welcome to this episode of Decoding Business with BBB. You know, originally our goal was to just dissect an organization find out the individual piece of an industry and get down to the nuts and bolts of a business and share their strategy with our audience. Our returning guest today, Cesar Amesqua, a San Antonio real estate agent broker who started the business in the DFW market and grew his business by the power of referrals, learning from the big players in the market and taking a cue from his teaching background, a career he was destined for. And to be honest, many of our past take a twist along what we set out to do, right? Many of us, how many of you are still doing what you originally studied for in college or set out to do leaving high school? Mm. When we last talked with Caesar, it was July, 2020. The real estate market was in a very uncertain period. We were five months into the pandemic. We didn't know what we were headed for, uh, a hot residential market in Texas as of today. To the interview now, Cesar Amesqua, our, ver- our guest, owner of CA and Company, broker, realtor. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate being back. All right. We are a year into it. We are a year into it, and it's been a crazy year. So right. a, lot of, a, lot of, a, lot of different, a lot of different stuff that, that's coming our way. Let's start with a recap. Uh, how you began the real estate career, what led you down the path, this lucrative path? It started with an advertising career, and now you're here. Yes. Uh, when, when, I, when I went to school... I, I got the I got the ASU and it was going to be business administration with international business because I was I was born and raised in Mexico so I wanted to use that right. but then I realized that it was pretty worthless um, once you really look into it it's not not something that I wanted to pursue so then I switched over to marketing because I wanted to do uh, advertising. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie with Mel Gibson? What women want? Oh yes, yes. I wanted to be him so bad that he he would show up to his office and he would be the cool guy and he'd drop a couple lines and everybody would listen and he was a marketing genius. He was he was an advertising genius. And I said, I I think that would be pretty cool, you know, to walk into an office and and you know create advertising for anything. Right. And then I've realized that it's not that easy. It was a movie. It was a movie. It was definitely a movie. Um, and I realized that it was not that easy. Okay. Once I started uh, and, and started working in, in the field, I'm much better at troubleshooting mm-hmm. and um, fixing things under pressure than creating. Gotcha. And that's something that you definitely need in advertising. If something is not working, you know, your creative juices have to flow oh, yeah. under pressure. It doesn't work for me. Gotcha. So that's where... That's where I decided it wasn't for me. Went to went to Garland. Mm-hmm. Garland ISD was very, uh, very kind to my wife and I. We both became teachers, mm-hmm. Title One schools, eighty five percent free and reduced lunch. You know, very low income areas. Got to see a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that a 24, 25 year old should not see. And I knew that was only temporary. I just had to find my my next calling. Mm-hmm. Our realtor is the one that that kept on. You know kind of chirping in my ear. You'd be good at this. You'd be good at this. So they found something in you that you didn't particularly see in yourself, right? Yes. She she would call us once, twice a year. She would, you know, take us out to lunch and she would keep on bugging me. You know, hey, you you'd be good at this. You'd be really good at this. You'd be good really and and eventually we took the plunge in two thousand seven. 
Okay, let's oh, rewind. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's rewind the the, the, the clock. Uh, 2007, I started getting my license, and then I'm licensed. Yay! Mm -hmm. 2008 hits. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. If you don't know what happened in 2008, go watch The Big Short. Okay. So I became an agent in 2008, uh, and it's it was a struggle. Mm -hmm. It was a very difficult market. Foreclosures everywhere, mm -hmm. short sales everywhere. Mm -hmm. The market was down. Nobody wanted to buy a house. Right. People that were selling their homes were upside down. It was a very, very difficult market, market to, to, to come up in. We still managed to sell homes part-timing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I was still teaching. You, you weren't going to let go of, of a sure. solid income. Sure. But then when we decided to relocate to San Antonio mm -hmm. to be closer to family, I said, it's time to, mm -hmm. it's time to, 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 to make the jump. Uh, my wife, she stayed a teacher for I want to say five more years mm -hmm. and I I called it I said that's that's about all I can I can do sure in the in the teaching field and I just went full-time real estate my wife is my boss okay that's yeah, she, <laughs> she runs she runs pretty much everything okay. when whenever she came into the business right she she pretty much took over all the things that I was terrible at all right um there's you know, there's accounting, there's budgeting, there's following up with, with clients, right. things that I was not very good at, but I was struggling at doing. And the minute she came in, we became, you know, two, three, four times uh, more profitable awesome. just because she got to look at right. the books and she got to look at the expenses and she started trimming things and I started getting yelled at, you know, why are you doing this? Not unheard of. Yes. <laughs> so she, she keeps, she keeps tabs on pretty much everything. She's our CEO. Sure. Uh, she runs the whole, you know, she runs the whole show. Everybody, you'll see me with, with the picture and the award and all that, but I make sure that she's always by my side because it's, you know, right. if it wasn't for her, it, it wouldn't happen. Okay. Here we are. September, 2021 inventory all over the state is low. Buyers are getting into bidding wars. We have an influx of out-of-state buyers moving. Could we have predicted this trajectory today? So San Antonio has always been a very predictable market since 2010 when I arrived here. You know, it was a steady climb. It was a steady climb. It was a good balance between buyers and sellers. You could find a good home, good price. Interest rates weren't as crazy as they are now. So the price of the home you know, kind of made up for the higher interest rate. Then the pandemic hit and we didn't know what was going to happen. I literally laid on my, uh, on my back, just looking at the ceiling for two weeks when they shut everything down. Mm -hmm. Everybody was busy buying, you know, toilet paper. Yeah. Um, I was refinancing my house. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just all of a sudden interest rates go down and I said, well, you know, there's no more toilet paper anyways. And Let's, uh, let's do something else. So I refinanced my house while that was happening. We were trying to figure out what was going on. The mayor was very kind to us here in San Antonio and said, you guys are essential for, for business. And it was true. Um, everybody came out. Uh, interest rates were low. Everybody came out. And people needed places to live in sure. 2020. Uh, I believe I broke every record I'd ever had. Um, in my 13-year career last year. Mm -hmm. 
and it was it was um it was a lot of work it was a lot of work because you had to wear the mask and wear the gloves and the hand sanitizer and you had to be very careful where you went mm-hmm. uh where you stepped in um, builders weren't letting you into their offices. You have to do everything outside in the middle of the summer. Everything is hot and you wear a mask and you're trying to distance from your clients and you're trying to relate to them, but they can only see your eyes. It was a very strange time, but a lot of, a lot of people took the plunge and now they're happy they did because they have a home that was priced properly and according to the time. And they have a really good interest rate, and now they're sitting on a lot of equity. Mm-hmm. So right. it, it worked out for a lot of folks, mm-hmm. you know, that bought last year. And of course, election happens, mm-hmm. and and that was the first time that I felt a little bit of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Every year, I could tell you what's going to happen next year. This is the first time. Once we hit twenty twenty one, I felt a little bit of uncertainty, but I felt the train was going to keep on going. You know, the train is going to keep on going, the train is going to keep on going, and then magically the train stops. Why did the train stop? Well, because we have a massive lack of inventory, okay? We have a massive lack of inventory, and don't blame California, please. <laughs> it's, the, it's, a very, it's a very common thing to do. It's like, yeah. Oh, Californians are flooding the state. Here it it's not California. It's California, Colorado, Oregon, Washington State, New York, Florida, Kansas, the Midwest, Lebanon, Mexico, wow. uh, Canada. We've sold homes to people from all over. and But everybody always goes after the Californians. We relocated more people from Colorado and New York than California. Wow. Yeah. So Colorado got extremely, extremely expensive. Um, and then New York, people were just you know fed up. Uh, Chicago, we relocated Chicago. Um, we relocated, I want to say, Michigan. We relocated North Carolina. I mean, every state really started coming in. Here's the part that people don't know about. There are two entities that are really, really hitting our inventory. There is inventory out there. There are homes sure. out there. But... Here's the here's the issue. This year, number one, this year, I've sold three homes to limited liability companies I've never heard of. They, I put a listing out, usually outside 1604, the newer areas, homes that are five, six, seven, eight years old. And I'll have a multiple offer situation, a bidding war. And I represent the seller and the seller's best interests. That's it. I can't look anywhere else because then I'm violating my my fiduciary duty. And all of a sudden, you have an offer from, you know, wonderful family. They send you the love letter and everything. Um, Good loan. Then you have another offer, also really good loan. Then you have another offer, really good offer. There's always that guy that tries to lowball you and you just <laughs> laugh. Sure. Um, and then you look at his license or her license and you see that they're very new. Wow. Um, and then magically out of nowhere, an offer comes in, cash, from a li- limited liability company somewhere with a proof of funds of $2 million, $3 million, $5 million. And they're paying above asking price. And 
no repairs, quick close. How do you turn that down? Yeah. If you're the sellers, how do you turn that down? Yeah. Well, just myself alone, I've, I've done three. Mm-hmm. I've done three of those where they just blew everybody out of the water mm-hmm. by five digits. Right. They come in, they, they buy the house, and then at, right after closing, you'll see the house on the market as a rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you kind of feel like you're you know, selling your soul. It feels it feels yucky. It does, you know, because sure. it, it, it's it's the American dream. You know, you own you own your home. Right. You know, you own your your, your castle. You you want to you want to know you you own something. Yes, it's a thirty year mortgage, mm-hmm. and we're going to be paying on it forever. But at the same time, you you have to do what's best for your own self. Sure. And that's what I tell my my sellers. I said, hey, if we have this opportunity here. You can swim upstream and try to be the hero if you want, but you're leaving a bunch of money on the table that yes. could be go to you know paying debt, that could go to, right. to your children, that could go into the nest egg. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, some of these groups are coming in, they're buying in bulk, mm-hmm. they're overpaying, they're paying a lot of money. So that's one of the entities mm-hmm. that people don't even know exist. Mm-hmm. They don't even know are there. They're like ninjas. They just swipe They on. just They yeah. just scoop, whoop, gone. The other one is is the iBuyers, you know, Open Door, mm-hmm. Zillow Offers, uh, Orchard. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of a lot of people are are going into the convenience of mm-hmm. grabbing their phone, seeing how much their house is worth, mm-hmm. and not even going through the process of of trying to sell it on the open market. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's that's what I call the uh, the Expedia. Yeah. experience the carvana experience yes, yes. you you sacrifice maybe profits for convenience for convenience yeah. um the thing is you don't know mm-hmm. how much you sacrificed yeah. a lot of folks are going through you you're you're going to start noticing a lot of a lot of zillow mm-hmm. owned properties you're going to start noticing a lot of open door mm-hmm. owned properties you probably already are mm-hmm. you know they're 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 everywhere and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's the best, is that, if that's the best thing for you, mm-hmm. more power to you. Yeah, more power to you. What I tell people is, at least see what the other side looks like. Especially now, because we have a shortage of inventory. See what the open market is willing to give you, because you could be leaving five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand. Right. You could be leaving all kinds of money on the on the table, and you have no idea. You have no idea. You know, some people just want to be the three little monkeys, you know, one covering his eyes, the other one covering his mouth, the other the other one covering his ears. And sure. you just, you don't want to hear it. I already went through the app. It's done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Sure. So that's what I, those, those are the two entities that people don't really see. If anybody tells you that they know what's going to happen in 2022, they're, they're lying. Mm-hmm. They, they have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea. I was talking to a client and he starts talking about the crash. I said, yeah, but what is it going to be? What's it going to be? Is it going to be housing, banking, health? I mean, we just went down this rabbit hole. I said, what, what is it going to be? We don't, we don't, is there even going to be a crash? Is there going to be a bubble? We hear so many things. We hear everything. So we, we don't know which way to go. I just know that there are people that have houses and there are people that don't have houses. Mm -hmm. There are people that are selling too soon and finding themselves homeless. 
Yes, it's. Uh, I know that has happened quite a bit, where uh, they will they will rush to to sell the home to cash in, but then everything that they made they lost because they have nowhere to go, and they up in an eighteen hundred dollar a month apartment for a year. So the equity that you gained, you just spent. Right. So what's the what's the point? I I've had that conversation with clients that said, hey, we can cash in unless you have a more beneficial situation to go into, then just stay put and wait, wait it out. Right. You know, just stay put and wait it out. I, I have clients that are military that can, that's, that, that say, hey, I can cash in right now and move, move to base. Right. Oh, okay. Well, if that's a, if that's a thing, go for it. Right. You know, if, if you're okay with that, your family's okay with that, go for it. Hey, I can cash in right now, and mom has a house that is too big for her, and we're gonna move in with her. Okay, it all comes down to the F word. Don't worry, you're not gonna okay, have to. You're, you're not gonna have to <laughs> bleep me. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're gonna have to bleep me. Uh, it, the word fiduciary. Uh, every every buyer, seller, every homeowner should know that word. Yeah. You know, forwards and backwards. What is fiduciary? You know, I am your fiduciary. What does that even mean? Right. Okay. Well, that just it's simple. I have to do what's best for you before I do what's best for me or anybody else, period. And it's just, you know, the thing is, in our industry, we have to. It, we, it's part of the rules. We have to be your fiduciary. Part of the code. Exactly. Uh, financial, uh, financial planners didn't become fiduciaries until 2017. Wow. Yes. Google it. It's true. Mm. And it's... it's uh, Loan officers, they don't have to be fiduciaries. That's why we have to look over the loan. We have to be looking at the loan and see that that's the best. Interest, it, right. it, yeah. <clears throat> my, my first loan, we got, we got put in the wrong loan when we were 24. We got put in the wrong loan because we were, uh, we were inexperienced. I don't know. You know. Maybe we should have asked more questions, but we just trusted our bank. You know, we just, I'm not going to say which bank it was. Uh, it's been recently fined heavily uh, for, you know, doing bad things. But we just trusted the bank. And, and I look back and we were put in the wrong loan with the wrong interest rate, with the wrong everything. I look back at our file and I said, wow, we were spotless. And how, how did we end up? With, with this high of an interest rate, how do we end up paying this much in closing costs? Right. So the fiduciary, every, everybody should write that down and say, if you interview somebody, they, they should know that word, you know, forwards and backwards. Right. What, are you my fiduciary? Mm -hmm. you know, or, or do you live by that? Mm -hmm. And that's where, yes, I, I've told people this year, don't sell your house. Mm -hmm. Don't. Um, Funny stuff. I'll make it. I'll make a short story. I, I get a call, and one of my uh, one of my lenders, Debbie, Debbie, mm -hmm. Debbie says, "Hey, can you can you help me? Um, th these people want to buy a house." I said, "Sure." I get a call. They send me out there. Um, that I come in, and uh, the gentleman uh, or the wife, I can't remember who it was, but they're kind of uppity, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Well, just so you know." Uh, you're interviewing against two other people. Ooh. I said, okay. Um, so can you tell us about your marketing plan? Mm -hmm. 
you know, for selling our home? I said, no. Okay. Um, can you tell us how much you can sell our house for? I said, probably a bunch of money, to be honest with you. Um, can you tell us about the time frame? I said, fast. So, so what's going on? Because you're not telling us much. I said, well, I have questions. Oh, you have questions. Yes, I have questions. Um, I look around the house. I see, I see pictures of children that are older, probably high school. And I say, after I sell your house, which I will, for top dollar, fast, guaranteed, where are you going to go? What do you mean? Yeah, where are you going to go? And they said, we, well, another house. I said, really? Another house? Where, where's this other house at? Well, we see a bunch of houses on Realtor.com. I said, okay. How many houses have you saved? And they said, I have like 20 saved. I said, okay, great. Awesome. Um, you know I carry an iPad everywhere. Um, I, my iPad is always connected to the internet. I connect it to the MLS. I can look up any house, anytime, wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm there. Right. And I said, okay, well, um, let's go over all the homes that you've selected. And they start giving me addresses. Every single one of them either under contract or sold after multiple offer situations. Right? Okay. I said, everything is gone. They're like, oh, well, we didn't know that. I said, okay. All right, but give me your criteria for what you want. Uh, at least a quarter of an acre, big trees, single story, 2,400 square feet or larger, under 450, uh, with at least three full bathrooms, and in an older area, but still we want this school district, and you know all these great things. And I said, okay, all right. So I start putting together a search for them. And I start putting together a search, and putting together a search, and putting together a search, and start going at it, and then I get results. And I look at the wife and I said, ma'am, I'm going to give you three guesses to how many houses came up on your property search. And she says, okay, what's your first guess? 12. I said, wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, there's got to be more than that. Um, 21. I said, wrong. She says, what is it? I said, one. Wow. And her, her jaw just drops. And I said, and the crazy thing is, you already know what house that is. Uh-oh. <laughs> and she says, yes, I do. And I said, it's ugly, isn't it? Oh. And she said, yes. And you've seen it plenty of times, haven't you? Yes. And you don't like it, do you? No. Okay. So I get your house under contract. You're hauling around a contingency on your back, mm -hmm. which makes you a less desirable buyer. Right. Only, uh, you only buy if your house sells. Exactly. Right. And you're competing against all these other people out there. What happens if we are unsuccessful? And I sell your house, and I, you have to get out. Where do you go from there? Yeah. So you jumped ahead, and you were kind of helping them see what they didn't see already. Oh, yeah. You already... Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to make anyone homeless. Yeah. I, I can make you homeless in two seconds. <laughs> I can make you homeless in two seconds. If you don't have a plan A, B, and C... We are not listing your house, period. There you go. We are not listing your house. I need the backup plan. 
I need to know where you're going to go. And then if that doesn't work out, I need to know where you're going to go after that. Let's turn to fraud in the real estate market. Uh, Better Business Bureau is always monitoring scams from con artists who are luring potential buyers into fake listings, intervene the closing process by submitting their phony wire transfer links, even posing as potential landlords collecting deposits and running. What have you run into the past few years and what tips can you share? Um, with my brokerage, we're very careful, especially the wire one is, is, is the big one. That's the one that we're really, 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 really careful with because, um, my, myself and my agents, we're not even allowed to say the word wire. The minute they say, well, I stop them. I said, you're not allowed to say the word wire. I have it in writing. We're not allowed to say the word wire. Why? Because it's not part of our job. And I believe in going, you know, above and beyond, just not with wires. That belongs to the title company and to the lender. And we tell our people, if you're going to send a wire, make sure you do a verbal confirmation of every single digit with your closer. And then you can send the wire. Because I don't want your wire to end up in Australia, Uganda, uh, you know, Uzbekistan. Um, Common tale, it happens. Yeah. I mean, it just ends up somewhere else. Why? Because somebody... Somebody didn't have two-factor authentication on their email. It got hacked. That PDF got pulled. A new you know, routing number, a new account number got put in there. The email went through. And then before you know it, $250,000 are gone. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I tell everybody, if you absolutely must do a wire, please just do a verbal, you know, verbal confirmation of all the digits that they gave you. Or if you don't want to do that, then physically go to the title company and pick up a piece of paper from your closer. Mm-hmm. They'll be happy you do that. Yeah. If you can't do all those things, then go grab a cashier's check. Mm-hmm. Go to your bank and grab a cashier's check. Okay? Oh no, an extra 30 minutes of my day. You know, go grab a cashier's check and you're done. Mm-hmm. So we we that's the that's the big one that we're always on the lookout for. I think everybody everybody already knows um, that they have to be very, very careful. Every title company will send you a warning. Yeah. Every single one will send you a warning and knock on wood, you know, we, we haven't ran into anything like that in our brokerage Good. because everybody knows they're not allowed to say wire and we don't send wiring instructions. It's not our job. It's not part of our, but we can train our people. Yeah. We can train our, our, our buyers and sellers, you know, for example, our sellers, they, they come in and I tell them, grab a voided check. Well, I remember my, my account information. I said, I don't care. Somebody can make a mistake. Grab a voided check and just turn it in. It's that simple. And just is that where the money's going? Yes. Oh, yeah, just turn it in. It's that simple. Yeah. That easy. And then of course, you know, it's the internet. It's the wild west. Yeah. Okay. The internet is the wild west. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to say, I-, I need something, but where am I gonna go get it? And that applies to pretty much everything. Okay, and when people get desperate, because right now people are getting desperate, trying to find a rental, um, trying to find a deal, um, trying to find something to flip, something to invest in, they're getting desperate because of the lack of inventory. Right. The, the most calls that we get are people that see uh, a stolen listing, because you can post anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can post anywhere, any of the real estate portals. You can post on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. 
and you can very easily go find an address, change the numbers, yep. uh, steal the pictures, yep. and Easy. put nine hundred dollars a month, all bills paid. Mm -hmm. Yet people are falling for it mm -hmm. because they're desperate. Right. Absolutely, one hundred percent desperate. So, what do I tell all those folks that are looking for a rental? You're looking in the wrong places. Mm. You are looking in the wrong places. You should not even be looking on the portals. By the time you get to the portals, you're late. Even if it's there within hours, mm. you're still late. Yeah. You're still late. Why are you late? Because you could have gone to the source mm -hmm. and gotten to that house before it even hit the market. Right. So anybody that comes to our brokerage and says, hey, can you help me with a rental? No. Mm. No, I can't because I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. And it's a very simple process that I give to everybody. And I've been doing it since 2016, 17. Uh, the rental, you know, unless it's a, it's a favor for a friend or somebody like that. But even then, there's much better ways of finding a rental. All you have to do is go to Google, type in property manager, San Antonio. Why? Because they control the majority of the inventory. So if you go to the guy that controls the majority of the inventory... You can have your file ready, your pay stubs, your bank statements, your credit, all that stuff. You can have it ready, and you just start making phone calls right. and say, hey, uh, do you have anything coming up? Do you have somebody that needs to cancel their lease? Do you have something that's been sitting? Uh, do you have something that you haven't listed yet? And you make 20 phone calls. It's just you go to the source, and you bypass all these scammers. You bypass all the struggle, but yet... A lot of people just don't listen or they don't want to hear it. They just want to get on the phone and get that, that, that heroin, you know, get that, get that, you know, oh yeah, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone. So that's where I tell people, you know, don't fall for scammers that are promising you these ridiculous, you know, deals online. Just go to the source. Just Google property managers in San Antonio. You're going to get 20 hits on the first page alone. That's 20 phone calls that you can make. That's 20 places that probably handle anywhere between nine to 10,000 units. Just the first page of Google. Yeah. And you're just making phone calls and you're just calling and asking. Sure. So it's, it's catching on a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's, you know, we still have, we still get way too many calls yeah. from, from scam listings. We still have to report a lot of scam listings. Right. I've actually spoken to a person that wired money to California and it pained me to, to, to talk to her because, I mean, all the red flags were there. Yeah. And she saw not a single one. A $450,000 home, but there were such good Samaritans that they were willing to let it go for fifty. Ah, the good Samaritan does not exist in this industry. No. Yeah. So it, it, I, I spoke with her, and they, she actually wired $5,000 to California. Wow. And I told her what to do and where to take it. And, but the good Samaritan was willing to give this $450,000 home. She couldn't visit it. Yeah. You feel bad. I said, ma'am, I can call the cops. Yeah. I mean... Good luck going to California. So just look for the red flags. There's better ways of, of doing things. Speaking of breaking into new territories, a lot of realtors are entering the market from different industries. Many teachers like yourself, service industry, private organizations coming into the profession. What expert advice do you give, do you have for the up-and-comers, the realtors just starting out in today's market? They, they really have to look deep inside themselves and figure out what they want to accomplish. I interview 
10 people per year. And I turned down nine. Sometimes all 10. There's years that we have not hired uh, an agent. Because my first question is always, what do you look to accomplish in, in, in real estate? Coming into residential real estate. And most of the times they don't have an answer. They, they, they have no answer. They, they haven't even thought about it. They're in, in the middle of, of, of finishing their classes or they've passed their test. And they have no idea what they want to accomplish with, with, their, with their license going into the business. They, they want to go, I don't know, I guess they just think that you go sign up with a broker and dollar signs just start falling from the sky. Like leads start coming left and right. Yeah, everybody, everybody's going to call me because I know a lot of people. And while sometimes it does work, if you don't have a plan, then that can't lead you to step two. Step one is you have to have a plan. I want to sell a house a month. I want to make X amount of dollars per month. I want to replace my current income. That was one of my goals when I came into the business. I said, I want to replace my income as a teacher. Once you have that goal in mind, once you have it set in stone, then you need to go interview because you are the asset. You as the agent, you are the asset. Okay. You need to find another asset, the mentor. Okay? The mentor, the broker, the team leader, uh, the rainmaker, whatever it is that you want to call those people that come in. But that, that's you have to go with somebody that will help you reach the goal that you set on step one. Right. If you don't have a goal for step one, then how are you going to choose somebody not knowing what it is that you want to accomplish? Sure. So, you know... We, we recently hired uh, uh, an agent. Um, she just moved here from West Texas. And I asked her, what do you want to accomplish? Immediately. You know, she, she knew. She knew. She knew. She's like, I want to do this per month. And, you know, I really like the way you guys run things. And I think you're a good match for me. And it's very personalized. And as the minute she comes in, I'll be done training my my you know my prior two rookies you know that already told me you know when they came in they said well i want one said i want to replace my income uh the other one was very open and said i'm not going to quit my job but i would like to make this much money to pay for this for this for this and for this every year and then put some more money over here so i can invest he was very specific and i said wow i like that you know, very, very analytical sure. on everything. Good stuff. And, and so they know what they need to sell. They know what they need to do, how many hours to clock in every, every, every week. If you don't have step one, you can't go to step two. Step two is where you start interviewing people. You, you have to find yourself with the right mentor, with the right people, with the right, uh, you know, team leader. Who is going to get you to that, to, to meet that goal? And then from there, you go to step three, which is growth. Mm -hmm. You know, who's going to help you grow from once you achieve that goal, because you will, if you follow that formula, you will achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. Then who's going to take you to step three, which is growth. Mm -hmm. And what does growth look like? What does growth look like to you? Growth to me was, I want to be done teaching. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. So that's what growth looked to so me. So like a stretch goal. Exactly. Okay. You know, I want to be able to, you know, buy a new house. I want to be able to change 
you know, cars. I want to be able to put so much money in the bank to invest. I don't, I don't know. It could be anything. Right. For me, personally, was I want to be able to replace my income as a teacher. And I want to be able to go into this full-time, nonstop, where I control. Right. I control how much money I make. I control, you know, where to take it. Once I reached the first goal... Then I went into the growth phase, the growth phase, and then that's where that's where things started moving a little bit faster because I was in control. Right. I was I was at the wheel saying, okay, what if I try this? What if I try this? What if I try this? At that point, I knew the basics. I knew I could do what I could do. And at the same time, I was open to exploring other options and right. saying, okay, I want to go into this area of real estate or I want to try this or I want to try that. We went into buy referral model, mm -hmm. which is what makes me the most comfortable. Sure. Makes you a lot of friends, mm -hmm. you know, and makes you, you know, makes for a lot of happy moments. Repeat. Repeat customers, customers yeah. uh, referrals and, and people that send their mom, their brother, sister, friend. The power, a lot of power in referrals because yes. a lot of trust behind those. You say, you know what, I work with this person, they are in my best interest, you should choose. Exactly. By that point, somebody already sold you. Yeah. Somebody already sold you, you don't have to sell yourself. So if somebody already sold you, you're, you're good, you're, you're golden. Okay, rewind us back to the mentors part. We hear this a lot. Find someone who you can pattern. Not necessarily the online guru that you got to pay for a class, but the, you know, they usually have generic info as well. But find someone in the market, in your brokerage maybe, in your specialty, who can gra you can grab their coffee, you can drive them to their appointments, basically absorb their movements to success, right? Yes. So um, I took a class, let's say 2019. 2019, and I'm, I'm not big on taking, you know, classes that are too crowded. Um, I... I, I try to go to the ones where I know there's not going to be a lot of people because then you really get to interact with the instructor. Sure. Um, this particular class, it was, I didn't have a choice. I needed that class and that was the only time I had open and it was crowded. I mean, it was every seat taken and I sit right next to this dude and I, you know, I ask him, he asked me, he's like, Hey, who are you with? I said, I'm with myself, you know, CA and company realtors. I'm, I'm the broker. He's like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, I said, yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, I asked him where, who he's, who he's with. And, you know, he, he, and then he just opens up. I don't know what it is about me that people just want to talk to me, you know, and <laughs> well, tell therapy me. therapy could be your third career. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could go into therapy and, and just, you know, start listening to people and, and charge them by the hour. And he starts telling me, you know, that, you know, he's struggling, doing this, doing that. It tells me the office that he's in. And I said, um, Who's uh who's the big baller man in that office? I already knew. I said, who's the big baller in that office? Oh, it's, it's this lady. I said, okay, you're gonna knock on her door and say, I am here and I'm willing to work for free. Wow. I am willing to work for free. I am willing to get you coffee. I'm willing to drive for you. I will open every house for you. I will print things, make copies, packets, whatever you need. I'm willing to do it for free. And he thought that was the most ludicrous thing ever. Sure. And, and I said, what's wrong with that? He said, why would I work for free? I said, sir, you're not working for free. You're getting 
top-notch education from the top producer in your office, yeah. that is priceless. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely priceless. You know, if you said, I want to come learn from you and, I, and you offered to do all this, those things for me, I would charge you money. Sure. I would say, would you work for me? Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a movie, called, a movie with uh, Bradley Cooper called Burnt. Um, and, and he meets this young chef. He's a chef that got in trouble. And it's a really good movie, Burnt, with Bradley Cooper. Got Look it. it up. Um, and he meets this young chef. And he says, uh, I want you to go work for me. Oh, that's great. He said, would you work for me for free? Uh, yeah. You know, he's a two-star, uh, two Michelin stars. Is that what they get? Michelin? Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a two-star. Yeah. You know, he's going for his third. And would you work for me for free? Uh, yes. Okay. Would you pay me to work for me? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. And, you know, and goes on to the scene, but it shows you the power of education. You just have to go find it. Yeah. You have to find that mentor, that person that can get you to, you know, to the, to the, to the promised land, to yeah. your promised land. What does your promised land look like? It could be somebody that has culture in their in their in their office, you know, great office culture. It could be somebody that just has a bunch of leads. Sure. It could be somebody that has, you know, hands-on training. Mm -hmm. Um for example, in our office, it's personalized training. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's boot camp. You know, it's tough love. It's sure. you know, everybody has to learn the way I learned. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to learn the way I learned. And, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's not for everybody. Right. Uh, I do know that over the years, even agents that are no longer with me, mm -hmm. and I know they're still successful, you know? And, and you know, I, I, got a, I got a thank you note the other day on Facebook from an agent that used to be in their office. And uh, she said, hey, you're, you know, she got an award at another, at another brokerage. And I said, you know, congratulations. And she says, you're, you know, you're partially to blame for this. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's, that's, that's very neat. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you have to find that mentor that gels with you, that can help you achieve step one. Yeah. And at the same time, it, you know, help you grow yeah. after that. So it just, if you don't go to step one, if you haven't even thought about step one and you're already taking real estate classes, mm. you're doing it wrong. Kind of backwards. Yeah, you're 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 backwards. So, yeah, it, it's it's if if I were to go back, um, if I were to rewind, okay, if I were to rewind time, I I already know, you know, because I was in an office, big, really big office, five hundred agents. I already know who I would work for, who I would go work for for free. Mm -hmm. I remember his face. He's still. They're just absolutely killing it in the Dallas Fort Worth market. Mm -hmm. I already know I, I I should have been there, you know, every every time, every every spare moment that I had, I already know I should have been there listening to his phone calls, making copies for him, just trying to absorb, be a right. sponge. There you go, uh, the osmosis. Like yes. Just learning by absorbing what yes. it's not it's so like, much a lesson. It's, it's like, like, hey, man, can I drive for you? Yeah. Can I go to the listing appointment with you? You know, I have a suit. Uh, you, you, you let me know, I'll go and I'll just stand in the back and be quiet and right. hand you things and it'll look really cool for you. But that's where, that's where I didn't know that concept. I didn't know that concept. I literally went to 
the first brokerage that I, you know, I, I had my mind set sure. where I wanted to go. Not that I made a mistake. I just know that I could have done it better. So the next realtor that's up and coming now can hear this and say, you know what? I do know somebody that's rocking it um, that I could, you know, possibly get into the office and absorb yes. their, 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 their daily habits and pick that up. Find yes. a mentor. Have the plan. Step one has to be completed before step two or three even get going. I mean, you see dollar signs in, resi- in mm-hmm. residential estate. Yes. But how do you get there? How do you get there? Yeah. One of the biggest regrets I have is the last broker that I worked with, uh, there was there was a, a very, very highly rated top producer in that office. My biggest regret is not doing that. I learned a lot from him. I still do. Mm-hmm. We're friends. I still, you know, pick his brain. Uh, he's helped me with my investment portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's helped me with, you know, approaching the business. Uh, we we brainstorm, you know, we, we go back and forth. We do that a lot in the in the San Antonio real estate community. Believe it or not, we're incredibly friendly to each other. Great. Um, the top producers are, you know, people are always willing to to share ideas and how do you do this, how do you do that, and that one of the biggest regrets when I was with that office is that I had a lot of time because it was in 2012. I had a lot of a lot of time to to burn because I really wasn't that busy. I was doing well, but I really wasn't that busy. I know I could have gone in there and said, hey. Can I just tag along? I'll drive for you. Yeah. I'll open houses for you. I want to hear you speak. I want to hear you talk. I want to hear how you present scenarios to buyers, to sellers, because obviously you know what you're doing. Right. And I said, I know, I, and I would have done it for free. So again, that's one of the regrets that I have um, when it comes to, to real estate, that everybody just just take a note. Just take a note and say, Interview as many people as possible and figure out who can get you to accomplish step one. Right. And if you have to do it for free, go for it. Trust me, education is not free. That's right. That's true. You'll be getting a lot more on the other side of it just yes. for absorbing naturally how they, how they move. And you practice. don't have to do it 40 hours a week. I mean, I'm talking if, if somebody came to me and offered me 10 hours, 8 hours, 5 hours of free labor just to tag along, I'll take it. I mean, it's a it's, it's a hassle to have to drive right. and map and make sure your clients are following you and what's the next house and what do I have to present and I have to unlock it. It's a lot of you know things that you can take off my plate. Well, in this scenario, take it and run. Take the education piece and run with it. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. A lot of gold nuggets here today uh, to take away for our realtors, those people, those folks that are probably just wanting to buy or wanting to sell. Yeah. So probably there's something they can take away from today. Um, and again, final comments, final words that you have for our listeners to, about uh, just about the, the industry itself right now. If you feel uncertain, if you feel scared, if you feel like everything is moving too fast, slow it down to your pace. Find someone. Because the internet is, is good and bad. We can all agree. Okay. Greatest thing and the worst thing. Find someone that you can relate to, that you like. Learn the fiduciary word and, and slow it down to your pace and figure out what it is that you want to do. Okay. You can go online and find people with, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 reviews on on Realtor.com, on Zillow, on Trulia, on Google, right. and they have incredible reviews that you can go in there. You can go in there and see their transaction history. Mm-hmm. You can see what people say about them. Just 
go and find someone that you feel comfortable with so they can advise you, but grill them on that fiduciary word. Are you there? Are you here for me? Are you, are you going to be my fiduciary because I'm trusting you with one of the largest investments of my life? Right. Whether I'm buying or selling, are you going to be there for me, you know, 100%? So that's what I would say, you know, as final final words of wisdom, make sure you are make sure you are, you know, with someone that's looking out for you. Yes, we are out there. Yes, we do exist. Yes, we've been in the business for a long, 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 long time. And all you have to do is just do a little bit of research. Okay? Do a little bit of research. You spend that much time on Instagram anyways. <laughs> just just swap the time. Yeah. You know, instead of instead of going through Instagram, then start reading some reviews. Right. And see what people have to say. And do your homework. Trust the person you work with. It's it's a again, it's it's a it's a big investment. Yeah. You don't, it's not something you can rush. It's not a pair of shoes. Yeah. You can't just bring the receipt back and say, here. Wish we could. <laughs> the, you know, you, you, just, you just can't do that. So uh, before you know it, it's costing you hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands of dollars, and sometimes you're stuck. Right. You're stuck. And once you're stuck, you're stuck. Mm. You know, it just, uh, there's, there's, there's consequences. Mm. So, you know, just, just make sure you're in good hands. Yep. And on top of everything, the market will be truly okay. different this time next year. We, we visit, you know, you're the kind of, you're the king, Caesar, of letting statements marinate. You just leave us thinking <laughs> many <laughs> times. We actually appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Caesar, a huge thank you for sharing your time, your information. We're learning by osmosis. Uh, thanks for sharing your strategy, your continued success. I uh, really appreciate it. Sounds like a plan, my man. All right, stay safe and thanks again. You're welcome. Decoding Business with BBB, produced by the Better Business Bureau of San Antonio. I'm your host, Jason Mesa. We'll catch you next time. Reach out 210-260-9843 for show ideas or sponsorships. In addition, if you'd like to partner or learn more, more about joining Better Business Bureau, serving the heart of Texas, call us 800-621-8556. Y'all stay safe.